Welcome to the Marriage Steps Podcast. We're developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. The six steps are establishing a covenant foundation, owning your brokenness, learning to share power, developing emotional attachment, cultivating sexual fireworks, and staying in love. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, licensed psychologist and marriage counselor. If you believe in this podcast and like to help me keep it on the air, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash marriage steps. Depending on your level of support, you'll receive a public thank you on the podcast, a free marriage training module of your choice, or two free tickets to my next Total Marriage Refresh seminar coming up February 22nd in Denver, Colorado. Today, I'm going to focus on seven ways to address differences in libido. Now, this is very common for a differences in libido to be a part of a marriage. On average, the male has a higher libido because libido is connected to testosterone, but not always. Sometimes it's the woman who has the higher libido. Two things typically impact libido. The one is your level of testosterone in your body. The second is your conditioning of sex growing up. And when I say conditioning, that means all of your experiences around sexuality growing up. The more positive those experiences were for you growing up, the higher your libido probably developed and vice versa. The more negative your experiences growing up around sexuality, the lower your libido developed. So those are the two pieces that typically impact adult libido. It's your level of testosterone and the conditioning you received around sexuality growing up. Now, the first point I want to talk about is if you're a high libido person and your spouse is not interested in you sexually, that does not mean they're not attracted to you. They could think you're the most handsome, the most gorgeous person in the world, but just because they think that doesn't mean they're going to want to have sex with you because they're a low libido person. And low libido people don't think about sex. That's why they have a low libido. It's not on their mind. There's not a buildup where they desire sex but it's not personal to you. They could be very attracted to you, but still not desire to have sex with you because they're wired differently than you. So just because you're a high libido person, you need to consider that your spouse is wired in a different way than you. So just because they're not interested sexually in you does not mean they don't think you're attractive. That's a lie. The second thing to consider is that just because you have a low libido, that does not necessarily mean that you still can't engage in sexual activity. A lot of low libido people will say, well, I'm not aroused, so I can't engage sexually. Or I'm not in the mood, so therefore I can't do anything on the sexual frontier. And that's a lie. If you have a low libido, most likely you're not going to feel anything sexual until after foreplay begins. And this is a a problem and a trap a lot of low libido people will fall into. They'll think, well, I'm not in the mood. I'm not feeling aroused. Therefore, I'm not open to any sexual contact. But instead, they should ask themselves, am I open to getting aroused? Am I open to starting to feel something sexual? If I am open, therefore, I can start connecting through foreplay. And through the foreplay is when I'll probably start feeling the arousal. So don't let your low libido be a reason that you don't engage sexually. The question should be, are you open to feeling arousal? 
Third thing to consider is that high libido partners, your goal should be nurturing the emotional connection to your spouse. That should be your goal. Because most likely your low libido partner, that's what they desire. They want that emotional nurturing. They want that emotional intimacy. They want that affection. They want that adoration. They want that quality time. They're all about relationship and feeling close, most likely. So therefore, high libido people listening to this, your number one goal in your marriage should be trying to nurture the relationship and the emotional connection with your partner. And most likely, the more you nurture that, the more open they will become to the sexual connection. And this is normally what we do during dating anyway. When we're dating, we're constantly courting the new person and we're nurturing them and we're, we're doing all these amazing things for them to feel special and lo and behold, they're open sexually. But when, once we get married and we're together for a while, we stop the courting and we still expect the sex. And that's where problems come in. The fourth thing to consider is low libido partners, you listening to this right now, the number one thing I would encourage you to nurture is the sexual connection. Anything you can do to sprinkle erotic flavor or erotic behavior in your marriage, erotic connection in your marriage is going to nurture your high libido partner. So erotic sprinkling can include all sorts of things such as you know, wearing clothing that your partner finds sexy. Perhaps it's flashing your partner when you're getting dressed. Perhaps it's rubbing yourself against your partner when you reach for the fork. Perhaps it's sending them suggestive messages. You don't want to do any erotic sprinkling that you feel uncomfortable with. However, to a certain degree, you're going to feel uncomfortable because you're, you're getting out of your comfort zone somewhat. But remember, that's the same way it feels for a high libido partner trying to nurture you emotionally. That's probably outside of their comfort zone. That's not how they're wired. So if both partners can be leaning towards what the other person is craving, it creates a spirit of generosity, a win-win. So for the high libido partner to be leaning towards that emotional nurturing and the low libido partner be leaning towards the sexual nurturing, you create the spirit of generosity. Number five is you want to compromise on frequency. So inevitably, if there's a high libido, low libido partner, there's going to be a discrepancy of frequency. Perhaps the high libido partner you know, would love to have sex three times a week. Perhaps the low libido partner only would, would be wanting sex one time a week. So perhaps the compromise is twice a week. Whatever that is for you, but you want to consider both of your perspectives. You want to bounce the ball, which is marriage step number four with sharing power. Sorry, marriage step number three with sharing power. Bouncing the ball is where you you go back and forth to consider both people's, people's perspective until you reach a win-win. So likewise on frequency. You want to negotiate the frequency sexually in your marriage until you find a win-win that you both would feel comfortable with. And that's probably going to be a little more than the low libido partner would prefer and a little less than the high libido partner, what they would prefer. But that's how you create a win-win. The next thing I would consider, number six, is to consider a schedule. Now, when you hear the word schedule in sex, it can feel very unspontaneous, unromantic, but it doesn't have to be. But consider the alternative. When there's not a schedule and there's differences in libido, problems happen all the time. 
Because the high libido partner approaches the low libido partner, the low libido partner rejects the advances, then the high libido partner withdraws emotionally, which makes the low libido partner feel even more shut down sexually, and they get a vicious cycle going. So the solution to resolve that dynamic is you schedule it. You create some type of rhythm around your sexual contact. It can be really rigid as far as, you know, such as every Thursday at 12, or it can be loose, like every Monday through Wednesday, I'm going to initiate, and you don't know when, and every Thursday through Saturday, you initiate, and I don't know when. So you can vary it up with how rigid or loose you want it, But the more predictable it becomes, the better it becomes for both partners. The reason for that is because if the low libido partner knows Friday nights are sex nights, for example, it gives them time to prepare. They can get their mind engaged. They can start thinking about what they want to do during the encounter. It gives them time to start fantasizing about the encounter. So they're already lighting the flame for themselves sexually. And low libido partners are like a crock pot. So it takes them a while to heat up. So when Friday night comes, they're ready. It helps the high libido partner because it gives them a sense of anticipation and predictability so they know when the next encounter is going to come instead of having no idea when it's going to come because that can create a sense of panic and alienation and loneliness for the high libido person. So it's beneficial for both partners to have some type of rhythm and schedule around sexual contact. The seventh is consider practicing the wedding cake model that I go over in detail in marriage step number five. Okay, so you may want to look through the podcast to marriage step number five, the wedding cake model to sexual fireworks. Basically what that model says is there's three tiers. The base tier should be happening daily in your marriage and that that base tier includes friendship, So cultivating time to spend together, have fun together, talking every day is huge, learning how to resolve conflicts effectively so you're not building resentment, affection, all those things are daily. And I would even suggest daily adding some emotional sprinkling. So that would be adoration, you know, extra things, extra notes, things that are going to make your low libido partner feel special. And it includes erotic sprinkling. So that's you know, lacing in some, some erotic activity behaviors that I've already suggested in this episode to make your high libido partner feel good. That's a daily agenda in the wedding cake model. Moving up from there is a second tier, and that's the sensual tier. And that's where ideally two to four days a week, you're having sensual activity together. And that can include a bath together where you're rub, you know, you're washing each other. It can include a shower. It can include a massage. I include, I encourage you to keep on your bathing suits or your undergarments on during this phase because this is not sexual activity. It's sensual activity. This is where you're exploring each other's bodies non-sexually. You're, you're communicating what feels good, how it feels good, where you're, you're really just experiencing each other in a non-sexual way but it's beyond what you'd normally experience together. So it's really bonding and it's something most couples never do. So that's the sensual activity. If both partners are feeling arousal, then you go up to the sexual activity and that's where you decide together how far you want to go. And usually that's based on the low libido partner's preference. So maybe some nights they're just open to making out. So that's what you do. Other nights they may be open to everything above the belt. 
Other nights, perhaps everything below the belt. Other nights, they may be open to everything. But you want to defer in the top tier to the low libido partner because it's they need to have their voice. They need to feel like they're in control. And high libido partners listening, you want all of them to show up. And so if the low libido partner is going beyond what they feel comfortable with or up for, you're going to get their body but not their soul. That's why it needs to defer to whatever they feel comfortable with. And high libido partners don't pout or sulk if they don't go further than you want. So you have to embrace and respect their wishes and how far they're willing to go because that's going to give them freedom to say no. It's going to give them freedom to pause when they need to pause. And the last thing I would recommend in this wedding cake model is if you're up for the whole enchilada is to practice never having penetration until after the woman has orgasmed. That's going to prioritize her pleasure and her experience. So seven ways to address differences in libido. Number one, if your low libido partner is not interested in you sexually, it doesn't mean they aren't attracted to you. Number two, if you're a low libido person, just because you have a low libido, it does not mean that therefore you can't still be open to sexual contact because you probably need that before you'll feel arousal. Number three, high libido partners, the number one goal for you is to nurture the emotional connection in your marriage. Number four, low libido partners, the number one goal for you is to nurture the sexual connection in your marriage. Number five, you need to compromise on frequency. Number six, consider a schedule. And number seven, practice the wedding cake model to sexual intimacy. Thank you for listening to the Marriage Step Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, please subscribe, click the five stars, and leave a review. For more marriage resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. That's dr. W-Y-A-T-T-F-I-S-H-E-R.com and follow me at facebook.com forward slash Dr. Wyatt Fisher or on Instagram at Dr. Wyatt Fisher. Also, if this podcast has made a positive impact on your relationship, I would love to hear from you at info at drwyattfisher.com and email me your questions. I would love to start responding to your questions on some of the podcasts, so be sure to email those to me. I'll address them anonymously during the podcast. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it, it will thrive. And if you don't, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.